Welcome to Makers on the Rise, a collaborative podcast hosted by me, maker and photographer, Christina Nicole. Makers on the Rise is for product-based creatives who own their own business and want to learn how to grow a profitable, sustainable, and scalable brand aligned with their personal values and goals. Tune in for real conversations and coaching focused on elevating your brand. Are you ready to rise? Hello, loves. Welcome to episode five of the Thriving on Etsy series. Today, I have Dahlia Abdallah joining me to talk to you about Etsy SEO and keyword research. Dahlia is a seven-figure maker with shops on Etsy, Amazon, and her own website, but she's also a handmade business coach mentoring makers like you. Dahlia, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we jump in, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey as a maker and as a coach? What a journey. Um, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I started back officially, um, like opened my Etsy shop December 31st. Um, So I was home on New Year's Eve and in 2010. And I just started with a few items, you know, I asked my husband, what do you think? I I don't know how how I even found Etsy. And he's like, yeah, sure, go for it. So I started then. And it's almost been 10 years um, this year. I uh, started, had no clue what I was doing. I just thought it was really cool that people um, would want my stuff with them. And after several years, I started to realize (laughs) what SEO is and how important it was, Mm -hmm. dedicated myself to learning it. Um, And I think there was literally a moment in time where a light switch turned on, literal. And I realized I know exactly what I'm doing with SEO. I know exactly how to get to the top of search. Um, And I decided I want to teach people as well. So kind of started, uh, the coaching started with, hey guys, like people, whoever would listen, I know how to get to the top of search. So I literally just taught a whole bunch of people, right, for free. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, let me just show you. The response was overwhelming. More people want to learn, more people want to learn. And it took a lot of my time, clearly. So um, somebody was like, hey, just make a quick course, Mm -hmm. charge for it, and you could spread it out to the masses. Um, And the rest is history, they say, you know, Um, but I continued growing my business during this time, my e-commerce business. And uh, I sell stationery now. I started with art prints, really simple, but it's all paper products. And um, I still sell it, employ several people. It's been quite a 10-year journey. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So yeah, when you first started out, you said you kind of, the light bulb went off, right? Because it's like this elusive thing that we kind of, when we start out as makers, we don't really understand. So can you kind of go into what SEO is exactly and how that affects Etsy sellers? Yeah. So SEO, um, it stands for search engine optimization. And what that is, so you have a product and, um, there's people on the internet searching for hopefully your product and you want them to find it. So for example, let's say you sell funny mugs, right? Mugs with funny sayings on it. And, you know, Sally out in the world, a potential customer searching for funny Father's Day mugs or funny Mother's Day mugs, and you want her to find yours. In order to do that, you have to 
search engine optimize your listing. And that entails, you know, quite a bit. Um, however, the biggest factors are keywords, how you apply it to your titles and tags, particularly on Etsy. And the other portion of that is, you know, how good is your conversion rate? Are you making sales on Etsy? It helps tell the search engine, hey, um, people are searching for funny dad mugs and this seller's mugs keep selling after somebody searches for it. So let's keep showing this item on the top of search. Mm -hmm. So it is a mixture of keywords, getting sales, and of course, some other things, which we probably will get into. Um, but if you optimize your listing properly and what's in your control initially is keywords, eventually sales will come, right? Um, but if you could control that and do it properly, and of course have a great product, great photos, um, the sales will come and it'll start to snowball, okay? And then it'll start to tell the algorithm, search algorithm, hey, this product is relevant, show it more and more. Now, I know, so you said you started in 2010. Um, when I, even when I started in 2015, SEO was a lot less complicated on Etsy, yeah. right? Like it was so much easier <laughs> to show up in search. So why That's now nice. is it so much harder? Is it just because of artificial intelligence and the way that, you know, I guess the process, the algorithm works, like what would you say is so, the reason it's more complicated? I just want to reminisce but what you just said, you're right. It was such a, mm -hmm. it was so easy. I remembered my first students and when they would, they would apply my methods. Oh my God. They would shoot to the top of search mm -hmm. every single time. It was almost like a guarantee Yeah. no matter what. Um, and so, yes, the algorithm has become more, I don't know, um, smarter it's, people hate it right because yes, they wish smarter. they could just like there's a couple buttons and they mm -hmm. shoot the top of search but it's important that etsy does continue to uh, make it smarter and you know so then customers will find exactly what they want that's the purpose of doing this so the reason why you know etsy's becoming you know smarter like i said and they need to continue to work on the algorithm to help get sally the customer um, a good match for her products. Because if they don't, if Sally comes, searches for something and does not find in search what she wants, not just a funny dad mug like we talked about earlier, but a, a good one, one that looks like a good quality, one that mm -hmm. has from a seller that actually has good reviews, et cetera, then she's going to leave Etsy. And not only that, it's supposed to create a big snowball effect. She doesn't purchase, which Etsy makes no money on then. Um, she doesn't tell friends. She doesn't come back. All this stuff is about money. Okay. So it, the algorithm Etsy needs to continue to um, make it smarter. So there's a lot of other factors um, that go into getting found, but that's simply the reason. And there's a lot more sellers compared to 2016, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, I, start, I really want to say they started to become smarter about the algorithm and really dedicate more time into um, perfecting it you know, quote, quote, perfecting it around the 2016 ish time. We start to notice changes and changes and changes. Um, well, that's when they, yeah, that's when they acquired Blackbird technologies, their, mm -hmm. their artificial intelligence. So for those of you that don't realize that artificial intelligence is all about machine learning. So getting them, I only know this, the side of it when it comes to image recognition. So how it affects that first thumbnail image 
as far as like you put in the certain keywords and it's going to scan that image to see if that actual, what it's showing in the image is relevant to the keywords. Yeah. So when you say Etsy's algorithm, what does that exactly mean? What does that exactly mean? Um, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't for your, for your listeners, I wouldn't get bogged down the exact meaning, but what you need to know is that um, when you're listing your product, it, this algorithm helps index your listing and show it at the most appropriate times. You want to get found when a customer searches for a product like yours. And it helps, the algorithm helps kind of sort it. So let's say Sally's searching for the funny dad mug and so is John and so is, you know, Sarah. And, but the, they're kind of, um, they have different uh, buying behaviors, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. different. Um, you know, they ha- they live in different cities. They um, they might have searched something a little bit different, and they want to be able to show the customer a good match because it will help increase the likelihood of them purchasing. Again, you know, more money for Etsy, but more money for you. You know, it's important that you your listeners understand that you're like because they might be like, no. Dahlia, let Etsy show my listing to everyone that searches with something remotely close to mine. You don't want that because the more um, potential impressions, which is not views, users when you click on a listing and it registers as a view, an impression is customer sees it in search but doesn't click. The more impressions you have um, and nobody clicks, it tells Etsy, somebody searched for funny dad mug, saw Dahlia's listing, didn't click. The more data like that, it tells the algorithm, don't, don't show it, get it out of here. Um, so it's, so it's important that we do have smart, you know, algorithms to help sort your products properly, um, to get the right buyers to find it. Yeah. Machine learning and artificial intelligence. And I think it's probably pretty similar to the algorithm is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. It's very, uh, in depth and (laughs) a little, little over my head. Um, in all honesty, I had a, an expert come on and talk about that in one of my my groups. And it was very interesting to understand the benefit of, of the machine learning and how it helps not only the seller, but helps Etsy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that go into this ranking concept. So yeah. SEO, search and optimization, showing up in search is also like, you'll hear terms, you'll hear SEO term, but you'll also hear the ranking term. And that's pretty much means the same thing, right? Like where you show up, getting found and where you show up. Okay. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Um, And like you said earlier, some things are in your control and some things are not. Can you go into a little more detail about, about that? Yeah. So there's um, a number of things that sellers can actively do the best that they can to get found in search. And of course, there are some things that we just have to leave to the Etsy gods. Um, and, and that's okay, that's how it works on the internet. So some things that are in your control, keywords, meaning you have this product, we can use a funny dad mug again, just continue this. And you want to list it, you have to put titles and tags. And so you're trying to do keyword research, Pick the best keyword phrases that really are relevant to the product, um, you know, optimize it with your titles and tags, et cetera. And so you're controlling that. You have physically did keyword research, applied it, or 
you're controlling it by not doing it properly, right? So some people, you know, I've seen many sellers who don't do it properly or or just go, ah, I don't have time. I just want to list it and see if somebody buys it. So by you not doing the best job you absolutely can, not smart. Because there are some things that are not in your control, such as where you, well, for the most part, where you live. Um, meaning I live in Houston, near Houston. And if Etsy decides to really go hard on only showing, well, not only, but showing more local people my listings rather than people overseas, let's say people from Australia, they might not see my listings as much as their fellow Australian you know, sellers. I can't control that. Yes, I could move, but reality is I can't control that. So work on the things you can control. SEO is one, and, and people are going to get angry when I say this, but hear me out. Um, I'm just going to lay out the facts. Free shipping or free shipping over 35. There's some rumors that that might not be as relevant anymore, but nonetheless, it still is. Um, photos, because it helps you get clicked on, right? You're, yes, some people lack the skill um, to do it. Um, obviously, they have your help, but you, it's in your control. You could work on that. You can't particularly just move in an instant. You can't make a buyer. You can't go to Sally's house, the buyer, and make her physically press the buy button, okay? But you can work on getting your product to be the absolute best it could be. Make sure that the features or the design is meeting the buyer's needs. Um, and there's a few more um, things that you can control and cannot control, but that's really the gist of it. You have to work on the things that you can and you can't complain or like be upset at the things you cannot just do the very best that you can on the things you are able to control simply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the biggest ones, like I said, I don't want people to really worry about all these little tiny things. There's many things in the algorithm that will make up the fact that you could get found in search, you know, but the biggest ones are best product could absolutely be right. Like I mentioned earlier, titles and tags, keyword, keyword research, um, photos clearly, not just the first photo, the additional photos as well. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what you can control as well. And the actual listing people going to hate when I say this too, but descriptions still matter. Okay. Um, as well as the, uh, what do you call it? Variations. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, the option that you get the customer to select, you won't believe how many people I see that don't really use it to their advantage and it won't help close a sale. Those are the biggest things you can control. People should be working on those. And that's the, the term that's used most often with that is optimizing your listing for SEO, right? Yeah. When you look at those controllables, you'll hear that uh, term thrown around a lot, um, but that's what yeah. it means to optimize your listing. So actually doing the tags and titles, having great photos that people are going to click on, making sure all the, because a lot of what I teach is, is you know, providing the most important information, making them feel confident about purchasing from your shop. And when you choose to only have two images in there, or I see a lot of Etsy sellers, they'll fill the 10 images, but they don't necessarily have any variation to them. It's like the same image on repeat, right. but just a slightly different angle. Like I call that opportunity loss. Questions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you mentioned um, optimizing SEO, um, optimizing a listing, you know, people just automatically assume SEO is just keywords. And that I particularly teach the keywords part portion, but, you know, they have to understand that there's many factors. Um, there's plenty of people who have great titles and tags who are not making sales. Why is that? Because you didn't consider 
all the other pieces mm -hmm. and people are smart. They know this, but when you're, we're kind of biased, we're the seller. We're just like keywords, keywords, keywords. Right. Mm -hmm. And you forget people need a product that they actually need fills their needs. You know, they want to, you're in search with other sellers sim selling, let's be honest, similar items to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very similar, sometimes too similar. And you're not standing out with your photos and you're not answering questions with additional photos and you're not offering drop downs that help you change the ink color to this or uh, pretty much uh, the best match to your buyer's needs. For me, I sell stationery, it's ink and envelope color. Okay. And quantity I, I offer as a drop down. What is it for you? I mean, your listeners, you know, you have to think about, are those the best options? Is the customer looking at your listing and saying, I want to change this and that. And then they see it in your drop down variations. If they don't, you have a problem on your hands because then they leave and they go to your competitors who have, again, similar items, you know, unless you have a monopoly on what you're selling. Most people don't on Etsy. Okay. Yeah. Um, even though I'm a seven figure seller, it's, it's not, people sell similar things to me, but I'm working on optimizing consistently. Fun fact, uh, me and my um, right-hand assistant, we spend 75-ish percent of our time optimizing listings. No joke. Everything that we just talked about are all of our controllables. It's intense that's to make crazy. it really yeah. work for you, you know? And that's, that's a part of it too, is actually being um, active, right? Like that's a thing still like Etsy likes sellers that are continuously updating being being active. Yeah. I mean, I know people don't like that because they're, you know, but they want to see new items being added and they, I mean, obviously active in terms of, they want to see that um, you're selling your items, right? We talked about that earlier. I don't know if they, um, I've never done uh, testing on this, but I don't know if they particularly track me updating my listings per se. It's different than maybe potentially renewing my listing, which there is data that proves that that still you know, boosts you up along with making a new listing, completely new listing, whether mm -hmm. you copy a previous listing or just starting from scratch, that does help you boost. They want to see some of that. They want to see that you're providing new items, keeping things fresh, because what happens again, these back to Etsy making money, they want Etsy customers to come back. If Etsy customer, if we never, all of us, all of us sellers never added anything new starting from today, going forward. Okay. People are going to, it's going to be stale, right? They're not going to keep coming back. They're going to see the same things over and over again and they're out. Etsy will die. So it just makes sense. That's also part of the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think is like, if you could pick one thing that would help your SEO thrive on Etsy, because we are, I want to make clear that we are specifically talking about Etsy because SEO for Google or Amazon is going to be completely different. Correct. It's different. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So for Etsy specifically, um, if you could pick one thing that was kind of the most important element to it all, what would you say that would be? Oh, you're making me narrow down to one. Okay. Um, I would say, I know your answer. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I would say it's keywords because if you can't, if you well, can't well, show up and search, I want to then... get. <laughs> Absolutely. But I want to get a little bit more specific on that because I'm okay. like, hmm, of course people expect that answer, but what is it specifically about? 
it's keyword research. And here's why I say that. Mm. I talk with a lot of sellers. I coach a lot of sellers. And so I'm answering this question based on what I see done wrong, quote unquote wrong often, because that tells me people are not taking it as seriously. So when I say keyword research, again, we have this funny dad mug and you know, Dahlia's selling it. And if I don't do keyword research properly, I won't find a variety, a huge depth of keyword phrases that will best fit it. And yes, you'll probably find plenty for funny dad mugs, okay? But you're you're really trying your best to mix it up between high volume search items as well as high demand. And you can use tools like, I personally use Marmalade, but you can use tools like Marmalade and E-Rank to help you uh, narrow that down. But when you're doing keyword research, you have then a plethora of mm -hmm. keyword phrases to choose from. Yes, you can't use all of them, um, especially in one listing. If you have several funny dad mugs, great. You can use a mixture of them. But when you do keyword research properly, it allows you to find also a low hanging fruit, they say, um, if you're new to SEO and keyword research, what that means is keyword phrases that are not being used as much, but have a decent search demand. That way, your funny dad mug that you just listed today can have an easier chance of getting found and purchased, okay, because the search results, there's not many people competing for that phrase. And that will help boost you because remember we love Etsy loves sales will help boost you in the algorithm to what to even the more, you know, high competing phrases. That's why if you search for me in the most general phrase personalized stationary, you'll find me everywhere. Okay, mm -hmm. um, because it started with low hanging fruit. Okay, so keyword research, I would say is the most important along with keywords in general, how you apply it, et cetera. But start mm -hmm. with that and do it right. If you're exhausted and hate life after you finish keyword research, you're probably doing it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the spreadsheets and spreadsheets. <laughs> yes. If you set this up for success, then you've set it the great foundation for it. Guess what? I'm sitting here on this interview with you, right? And my items are selling consistently, mm -hmm. literally as we're speaking. I'll show you guys. It's because I set up for success probably the first way. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and of course you can optimize later. Sometimes you learn more about keyword phrases and so, oh, I, you know, but great, but don't just haphazardly throw it together. You know, let's talk about that quick. And that's, we're going to go into some questioners from uh, questions from the listeners here, but just based on what you yeah. said right now, I know this was, um, I don't remember the, yeah, here it is the specific question, but there's, I always see in Etsy groups, and this was a question we had from a listener, but that uh, you need a hundred items in your shop for SEO to even register in your shop. Um, <laughs> now I have my experience. I, you know, was making, you know, about eight grand a month with just 15 listings on Etsy. So, but that was also five, six years ago. How have mm -hmm. things changed? I believe in quality over quantity. So I want your opinion on that. Um, yeah, so go for it. <laughs> so the, I'm going to first answer this question in the most factual way. Okay. You don't need a hundred listings to register for Etsy to register like that you're selling on Etsy. You can make a sale with one item. Um, just an example, my sister, um, she was selling, <laughs> She was selling, I'll give you guys, you know, a little, she stopped selling them because she's not, she's done with it. She used to be in nursing and she was selling her nursing notes. Okay. It's a very big deal. So for those listeners out there, if, oh, you're cool. into, if you have like medical school and stuff, if you do something really intense, 
sell your notes. There's a huge demand on it for Etsy. Nonetheless, she had two listings. She was killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. And then she stopped doing nursing and then that was that, right? So she made a nice chunk of change. So to answer that question in the most simple sense, no, you don't need it. But here's why that's a rumor, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was much easier back in the day when we were selling in 2015, 2016, because there was not much competition. Maybe maybe you did SEO great. Maybe you had great listings. A couple of factors that may have led to that success. But the reason why is because the more variety you have, the, the more likelihood somebody's going to find one of your listings. And so mm-hmm. let's make it a really good example of if you go to a brick and mortar store, person, a store in person, right? Mm-hmm. Your local store. If I walked in and I, and it's a gift shop, okay. I'm buying my friend a gift. It's her birthday coming up. It's a gift shop. So it's a good match, right? So I walk in and this store has only five items. The likelihood of me walking out with something is very low. We know that. So it's all probability, but if this store was jam packed, I don't know what it's the average store have. It's, medium size, hundreds of items, there's a higher chance I will find something and walk out. When it comes to online search, if you have a variety of items, guess what you're doing? Not you particularly, but your Mm -hmm. your audience. You're using different phrases. You have funny dad mugs. You have funny mom mugs. You have mugs with coffee, mom life on it. You have, I mean, there's a variety and those all draw in different audiences with different needs, different search phrases, okay? By doing that, you're spreading out um, your reach. That's what it is, your reach. And so I, I sell uh, stationary, personal stationary. I sell wedding stationary. I sell kids stationary. I sell monogram stationary. Those are for different people, okay? If somebody's searching for a kid stationary and I never sold it, they're going to walk out of my shop, online shop, with nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that is the reason people say 100, because then you get to see sales start rolling in when you have a larger variety because you're using a larger variety of keyword phrases. However, where it does not apply is if you sell the exact same type of thing a hundred times. So if you have a hundred funny dad mugs, okay, (laughs) and it really uses the same phrases over and over again, there's no variety within that, then that hundred rule is not going to work for you. It's not going to work for you. Okay. Um, but yeah, you could easily just have a few items with, and, and, but if you, you have to, the likelihood of succeeding with that is you're in a niche that is high demand, low saturation, mm-hmm. similar to my sister's nursing notes. You, yeah. you not everybody's a nurse, you yeah. know? So, um, that, that's, that's my answer to that. I hope that made sense. Well, and I wanted to double check and just make sure so everybody's understanding clearly, um, that method, the hundred method or whatever you want to call it is only going to work if your listings are actually optimized and you're showing up and such. So numbers don't matter if your listings are shit and you're not getting found. (laughs) Yeah. Moral of the story to to answer this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to have the likelihood will increase if you have more, but they have to be optimized. Keywords, photos, what we talked about earlier, yeah. what this whole session is about. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a misconception that we just keep adding listings and adding listings and adding listings. Yeah, that it's going to, yeah, that it's going to, yeah, you know, make things better for you. It has to be quality. quality. And I see this, by the way, with many sellers, they just keep adding and they're not focused on you know why? Because it's annoying. It's annoying to optimize a listing. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, <laughs> but we got so used to it. We could do it in our sleep. We literally have a checklist of everything we have to do when we create, when we um, upload new listings. In fact, my assistant's doing it now, my fall collection. We're a little bit late, but nonetheless. Um, yeah, numbers don't matter. Do it right. 
Yeah. Perfect. Perfect advice right there. Okay. So let's jump into some of these questions. We're going to start first with titles and tags. And I have a question yeah. on how um, much should they match or repeat? Titles and tags. So there's a lot of variation um, opinions on the right answer here. However, I'll tell you the right answer. <laughs> so when you should match them, titles and tags, but people are like, but Dahlia, Etsy says not to match and provide variety. Yes, that's also true. You might say that's confusing. Well, it's because when you match them, you give the algorithm a, a higher chance of finding your item when that keyword phrase you're matching is harder to get found for. It's highly saturated. Okay. So you can imagine funny dad mug is very highly saturated. Mm -hmm. So you better have it in your title and in your tags. If I just see it once, okay, I'm coming for you because it's such a hard phrase to get found for. You need to, um, I, I guess the word is make it stronger, I guess, by putting it in both. Okay. However, there's a fine line. Okay. Now I'm about to complicate things because I do want variety. Okay. If you just keep reusing the words, funny dad mugs and different positions or whatever, and it's all you have in your listing, you're not going to get found. You're not going to broaden your reach. Okay. So there has to be a fine line. Where do you cross that fine line? Well, I want you to provide variety and you don't have to repeat the, the words that are not hard to get found for. So imagine um, you're trying to get found for uh, funny dad mug fishing. Maybe your dad fishes and it's a very particular niche one. You don't need to have that repeated if there's not much people competing for it. Okay, so imagine you search for it and you see there's only 150 listings. That's nothing, okay? You don't have to repeat that. And so, to answer your question, it could be both. It could be, you know, you need to repeat as well as not, but you choose to, you need to repeat when it's a highly saturated phrase. Okay. So when it, that when it's highly saturated, repeating, it helps the actual keyword phrase carry more weight in your ranking. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Along with other things, of course, make it sell, you know, have a great product, right? It's not yeah, just an yeah. all be all <laughs> just keywords. So make it clear. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, repeat when it's highly saturated. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, in regards to titles, I think there's kind of this, um, discrepancy in regards to, are we doing short or are we doing long? And I, Oh goodness. Yeah. I personally, I think that I've read the handbook and I feel like it just gets like Etsy has a very specific point behind the short, short phrases or short title as they put it. And so I want your opinion on that because I just feel like it's taken out of context. Yeah. And I haven't heard this um, debate for a while, but I will answer it the mm -hmm. way I always answer it. Um, it you know, you ask, should it be long? Should it be short? When you shorten your titles, you you don't um, utilize the extra space for potentially more keyword phrases that you get found. Again, mm -hmm. not broadening your reach. If I just listed this funny dad mug as funny dad mug fishing, right? And I didn't continue using the rest of the space. 
providing other keyword phrases, I may have lost many people searching for my products that had the short title. Yes, short titles are indeed more attractive. I mean, look at them, okay? I'm not going particularly for attractive. I don't want to confuse the customer with the mm -hmm. spammy looking title. There's a fine line, okay? Yeah. But the answer here is use long titles, okay? Because it will help you get found more if you're doing keyword research properly, right? And mm -hmm. using the right phrases, et cetera because you're just utilizing more real estate in your in your title. It's as simple as that. Um, Etsy um, you know, wants it to be more readable. F make it more readable. Don't use slashes and dashes, use commas. It's, it's part of the normal um, readability when it comes to English grammar, mm -hmm. right? We use comma to separate things. Um, so use commas and yes, you know, there's a fine line between repeating words. You will repeat if you're listing the dad mug, right? You'll re probably will repeat funny mug a few times in your title, give or take. It just depends. And that's fine. But it starts to become ridiculous looking. And, and I could probably give you an example, but it's like funny dad mug, mug fishing, uh, fishing, funny dad mug, funny dad mug for dads. Like it starts to become ridiculous. That's when you don't want to because you worry then, or Etsy worries, that the customer will be turned off and yeah. not purchase, okay? I'm just trying to broaden your reach. I'm trying to use the small real estate that they give us mm -hmm. to help you get found even more. And I want to just say something. A lot of people say, but I've seen this seller have a short title and this seller have a short title. That's yes. usually the argument that they give me. And so, and I know that the argument that they get back is, well, you don't know what they've done to get those sales, et cetera. But essentially, Etsy will still put them up on top of search it's not because of the short title so don't get that don't don't get that confused it's because they've sold or they're new and they're giving them a little boost to see if they sell um or they've dri driven traffic outside of etsy you know um social media what have you you just don't know how people have gotten there but i'll tell you right now it's not because of the short title i've, I've done many tests on this mm -hmm. it's not because of the short title well so and that's the reason why yeah. And that's a huge thing. And we actually, um, talk about this. I believe it's an episode two about how you should not compare yourself to other uh, sellers, because like we said, you started in 2010, right? You were mm -hmm. able to rank so much easier. You got tons of sales and that makes it completely different because your shop is established with all of those sales. It makes it completely different now in comparison to somebody else who's starting out. So you can potentially get away with not having as visually as great like SEO and that kind of stuff, right? As far as yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you have more ranking weight when it comes to the actual conversions and that kind of stuff. You just don't know yeah, what other sellers are doing. Base, my repeat customer is pretty high. So they don't need... SEO, they go to my shop mm -hmm. and they look for what they think is attractive, right? Because I sell stationery and they buy it. And again, you don't know what's happening in somebody's shop. Oh, oh the shop is new though. Stop, stop with the excuses. It's not because of the short title. There's mm -hmm. other factors, many factors, okay? It just makes good sense that by using, utilizing the full title, you'll get found more. Again, if you do SEO research properly, apply it properly, et cetera. So just, just do it. I'm telling you, this is this is, I stand by this and I'll fight mm -hmm. anyone who tells me otherwise <laughs> because I hate short titles. It's, you know, we're trying to get found, trying to sustain our businesses and I need to get found as much as I can and get sold as much as I can. That's okay. it. The game. We're here to make money. <laughs> yeah. You touched on this a little bit, but, um, our next question has to do with repeating a word. 
So like if you're using a long tail keyword that has necklace in it, um, how mm -hmm. often are you repeating that word or should we be, um, trying to use another word for necklace? Alrighty, um, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't focus too much on that. I repeat this word too much, et cetera. I would focus. So that's the answer to that. I would focus on, is this the right keyword phrase that's relevant to my item and bonus is it highly searched low demand you're gonna you're gonna find um not low demand low saturation you're gonna find many instances um keyword phrases that we're trying to use has very high saturation right because etsy's been around for a while many sellers are on the platform mm -hmm. so it's gonna be hard to find that golden nugget but nonetheless things that are highly searched for and again relevant to your product and so i don't care about reutilizing those words. The reason why Etsy, and Etsy has said it by the way, um, not to repeat words too often, they don't want to look spammy, but more importantly, they want you to mix it up to get a chance to get found for other phrases. Because Etsy's algorithm, the search algorithm can actually mix and match words and help you get found for different things. Great. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would like you to provide some variety if you can, but the most important thing is relevancy to your listing because when someone that one person lands on your listing you want them to buy the average conversion rate on etsy is one to three percent sometimes a little bit higher depends but imagine sally came to your shop she's one person why did she leave it could be many reasons but it should not be because what she searched for was not matching what your product is mm -hmm. so don't worry about too much about repeating the word necklace or in that example or what have you worry about the keyword phrase, is it relevant? And worry about, you know, is it a highly searched for keyword phrase? If not, nobody's gonna be finding your listing. If five people in the world are searching for your product, good chance you're not, they're not gonna find you, okay? Um, in, in terms of jewelry, many people are searching for it. And of course it's a highly saturated market, mm -hmm. but- <laughs> Which is actually the next question. <laughs> Oh, tell me, tell me what's the next, the next question? question is how is the best way or what is the best way to get found in a saturated market such as jewelry? <laughs> the best way is, let me, let me think this through the, the, so if you're talking SEO, okay. You're like Dahlia, I sell jewelry. I need help with SEO. I need to get found more so I can get purchased more. Um, niching down in terms of, well, first of all, in terms of your product, hopefully mm -hmm. you are, but um, with keyword phrases as well, if you're using very general phrases, and I mentioned this earlier, I need you to do keyword research properly so then you could find um, things that are not as saturated. We know all jewelry is saturated in general, right? But there are pockets of it or keyword phrases that still have thousands of search results, which by the way, for jewelry is not that saturated. Um, so you want to be able to do keyword research properly and potentially this is where variety, okay, may help you a little bit more because you will find that most keyword phrases in the jewelry market are saturated. But if you, if you provide a lot of variety, Etsy will be able to then mix and match a little bit more often because you have different words in your title, different words in your tags to help you get found even more. So in terms of SEO, do keyword research properly and potentially provide more variety in your titles and tags. However, I mentioned this when I first started answering the question, I hope you niche down in your, in your jewelry you know, shop because if you're selling 
um, let's say if you're just selling stolen silver jewelry, right? Pretty stolen. Okay, great. But everybody's selling that. But mm-hmm. what if you niche down to um, an example is like memorial? Is that what they call it? Like stolen silver jewelry, things that uh, for people that pass away. A lot of people, it's a big market and stuff. Or um, ones for moms where they personalize with birthstones or their kids' names. Niche down if you haven't already. Um, and then lastly, I want to answer this without SEO. Um, when you're in such a saturated market, you know, you better have a, a bigger plan eventually, maybe not when you first start, you know, you got to learn to drive your own traffic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it? Social media, email list there. You have to, um, be able to do that, pay for ads. I don't know, whatever. There's multiple ways you could do it because, you know, it, it may be very hard to last unless you have a very particular product that a lot of people don't have, mm-hmm. you know? So outside of SEO, learn the, the craft of social media. I don't particularly use social media, by the way. I've, I built this without social. Um, I just don't have time. Yeah. But <laughs> you're going to have to make time when you're such a, in such a saturated market. And I'll add to just for my expertise, images when you're in a saturated market and especially with jewelry because a lifestyle, oh, lifestyle images will yeah. definitely set you apart um, in the jewelry industry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Next question has to do with tracking your keyword stats on Etsy. And is that something that you should be doing? If so, like how long are you testing them to see if they work? You know, when I list a product or when, so to answer this question for the seller, you listed a product and you're wondering, okay, do I track the keywords to see how well it does? First of all, do you have the time? I mean, to make it it's overly complicated. I do it because I do a lot of testing for SEO. When I mm-hmm. run into something new, it requires more testing and then I share it with the world. But the, but the point is you need to focus on, I'm going to make it simpler for people. When you have a listing and you're like, is these, are these keywords working? Should I change it? How the stats, et cetera. I would say if done properly, if it doesn't, you know, Etsy is a really good indicator because if it doesn't sell within three months, it expires. Unless you have the auto renew on, it might be hard to tell if something expired, but if it expires, it could be a number of reasons why. Maybe not. Maybe it's not SEO. Maybe it's your photos. Maybe it's not a good product for your customers, etc. But if you really do believe it's the SEO, that's about the time you should judge it up. Because you might say, "Dahlia, wait three months." Sure, sure. Sometimes it does take um, you know a little bit for something to catch on, and I think a three month time is actually a good amount of time. And I say this because again, who has the time to really track? track stats like that. I have a team working with me, so I have the time, kind of, not really, kind (laughs) of, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you should, the three months, do the best that you can. If the listing expires in three months, yes, relook at the stats and see what happened. If you see that people were viewing your item with those keyword phrases, but clearly they didn't purchase because it expired, was it relevant enough? Or does, listen, listen, does your product suck? Did your photos suck? I'll be honest, sometimes some of my products do suck. I don't think so when I first design it. Yeah. And, you know, not in the most black and white fashion does it suck, but it doesn't meet the customer's needs, you know, it doesn't. And sometimes it could be hard to put ourselves in the customer's, um, what, what's that phrase? I don't know. Um, but Shoes, customer shoes. Shoes, there you go. Um, so I would say, don't worry about tracking. You know, focus on, if it doesn't sell, 
Think about all the reasons why I didn't sell. Yes, SEO could be one. Look at the stats then. Look at the stats then. Okay. So I have a question then in regards to, and this could just be not relevant in the fact that, you know, I haven't, my shop's been on vacation mode for a few years now. Um, (laughs) But back when I was selling, started in 2015, I would choose my keywords, which I think at the time, I'm trying to remember, I think maybe Marmalade was around, but E-Rank was not yet. So I had played with Marmalade a little bit. Um, did the best I could as far as what I knew with, with keyword research, but I would check, I think on a 30 day basis, basically to see how, how many views the keyword phrases were bringing in. And if some of them weren't bringing in any views at all, I would kind of work to replace them. And then gradually I would get, you know, more keywords and more phrases that were bringing me more views and all of that. Is that, um, would you feel like that would be like an accurate thing to do? Or again, if I would have done my keyword research properly from the beginning, I should have probably been bringing in a lot of views with all of my phrases. I mean, if you have the time, because in your situation, you just mentioned, you're like, I didn't wait three months. I did it sooner. Fine. Um, then I think that's a really great way to approach it. 30 days is an ideal time frame um, to see. Does it does it warrant change at that time? Maybe, maybe not. I'll be honest, because sometimes it does take a while for the algorithm to catch on. Not every successful product catches on fire in a good way um, when it's first listed. So I'll point that out. And so during high volume times, um, such as Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, back to school, Christmas, et cetera, you know, sometimes when you list a product that's particular for that time frame, yes, it will shoot up when you first list it. But for your approach, I think it's it's a decent one. Again, if you have time, people that have time will be, you know, newer sellers. And that's why I'm not going to hate on it. I think you have plenty of other things to work on, but um, it's great to look at the stats and see, um, which ones have not caught on, delete it and edit it. However, and I don't want to overcomplicate things, but when you're deleting and editing, you may be um, adjusting a different phrase that it was getting found for. So if you were getting found for one by deleting another, it may have helped make that more relevant and you may sh- end up not being found for that other phrase as much. Okay. So, you know, that's why I don't want people to, you know, mess with it. Um, particularly, I think it's important to look at stats. So if a month passes by and you got some views, great. I think what's more important to focus on is how many views did I get? And it's not about the numbers game. It's really about, because um, in general, one to 3% conversion means if you have a hundred views, you should get one to three sales, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. If you have not made a sale, but a hundred people viewed it. Yes. Look at your, you look at your keywords. Are they relevant? If they if you feel like they're relevant, get feedback from other sellers if you wish, but they're relevant. What within the listing, when those hundred people went to it, said, this is not for me. Why did they say that? We could, we could start shooting off right now, for example. Why did they decide to leave? And, and sometimes it's really about, and of course this relates to you, photos. Maybe it didn't evoke emotion. Like, you know, you ever buy something and it was so freaking cute and you're like, oh my God, I have to have that. You know, a lot happens a lot with kids stuff that I buy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it evokes emotions. Sometimes the, the purchase is not necessarily um, one that I have to really think through. When I buy something like electronic, I have to make sure it has certain features, et cetera. 
people buy my stationery, they have to make sure that it's the card stock is thick. They have the colors, I, you know, et cetera. But sometimes it could be the photos. It could be a number of things, but I would, I think your approach is good, but make sure that people also focus on the optimizing of the listing as well. Don't just change SEO. What could be changed in the listing? Okay. And you had mentioned photos. And our next question is actually, what is the first photo that you should post in your listing? So the thumbnail image, um, what's your opinion on that? Oh, you're asking me. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> should I be asking you? Um, okay. Well, um, so this is how, this is what I tell people. Oh, and this is how I would treat it for myself. Cause I'm a seller. Um, you know, I don't know what your opinion is on is with regarding the white background versus not. So I'm not going to answer it that way, you know, but I will tell you that if you're, you better be using a photo of your product that if, by the way, if you have options, picking the best, most popular options for that product. So for me, it's stationary. And so I have ink and envelope color. I pick the most popular combination. Mm -hmm. I want that customer majority of customers to be like, yes, yes, they could change the ink and envelope color. Right. But they don't, they don't think like that when they first click on it, they're like, Oh, that's pretty. Right. So again, it's evoking emotion. I want to make sure that the, the basics are in there. Good lighting, attractive photo. You know, my, one of my first photos of stationery was on my carpet. I don't have carpet anymore, but <laughs> my carpet. So it has to be professional. It has to evoke emotion. It has to be the best variation of your product. Again, if you offer options. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's the way I would answer it. What you got? <laughs> so for me, yes, I feel like Etsy is very, very different from, you know, say Google SEO purposes, um, even Amazon yeah. now, Amazon requires the photo on a pure white yes. background. Pure white is the indus industry standard in general, especially for mm -hmm. commercial um, products. However, Etsy is a little different. Now, the mm -hmm. reason that I kind of, um, and I get some, I think flack would be the right word for this, but Etsy artificial intelligence has the ability to do image recognition, which again, we talked about, like if somebody searches for, you know, funny dad mug, they can scan that image to see if there's an actual mug in it. Well, the easiest way yeah. for them to actually physically scan that image is for it to be on a white background because it can easily decipher between it can move through that white and leave the product by itself. So when you're looking mm -hmm. at, you know, optimizing your images for SEO purposes, whether it's Google, Etsy, Amazon, however that looks, it all comes down to, again, relevancy, like we talked about, making sure whatever's being searched can be recognized inside of that image. Now, Etsy specifically states that the thumbnail image should be a studio shot, but they're version of a studio shot is a neutral background that's bright. Mm -hmm. um, they don't specifically say on white, but they do mention that yes. it's just the product. It's just what you're selling. Um, and I have a little controversy just in general. It's like, for me, it's machine versus emotion or robot versus oh, like yes. human connection, because I will tell you yes. right now, any day of the week, a lifestyle image is going to convert more than a photo on white, right? Because you're evoking that emotion, you're creating connection, you're putting elements inside of that image that's going to you, yeah. attract a specific customer, right? But yeah, that's not the only thing we're dealing with here. We're starting as, you know, artificial intelligence grows, machine learning continues to get smarter, all of that. 
they're going to eventually be able to depict between, um, you know, machine versus that connection. And you're going to have yeah. to kind of either a find a balance. And I don't think Etsy's there yet. I don't think Etsy's as far as long as Google and not as far as long as Amazon Correct. and they're that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think for now people are fine kind of using whatever they'd like, especially since handmade is more connective. It's more mm -hmm. personal, but I tell my students, especially if they're on Etsy and other platforms, you need to get into the habit of creating those, those product photos on white. Um, and you need to be prepared for Etsy to potentially change that one day because it's all the trend is happening because of artificial yeah. intelligence and machine learning. And I know a lot of handmade sellers want to like buck trends and they want to fight against them because they want to be different and unique, but there's a trend. The trend is a trend for a reason, right? Yeah. It's funny that you say that. I absolutely agree with you. And you know what? They may be moving toward that. I have no, I have no inside knowledge, but yeah. the reason why I say that is because a lot of times us, us sellers will notice, you know, we say that Etsy's copying Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of times they're maybe like a year or so behind when they copy Amazon, but they're doing it and it's not really copying Amazon. It's, it's the trend of what smarter business decisions, mm -hmm. um, again, keeping up with the technology money. Yeah. So it just makes sense. Um, so when we do get up in, you know, our panties in a bunch or, you know, we're angry. The reality is Etsy's here to make money, sustain itself continuously. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, it might push down some sellers. That's unfortunate. But um, it looks like it's a trend for a reason. Yep, <laughs> very much. Okay, we got Those two more questions. <laughs> yeah, they are. Two more quick questions. Um, yeah. And then I will let you wrap it up. But if you are an Etsy Plus yeah. or Etsy, or Etsy Premium, if you're subscribed to that, do you have no. priority in search? No. No. Um, they don't say that we do. Um, and I believe they actually tell, tell us we don't. However, Etsy plus and premium, I, I'm going to say this, but this is my only personal, my personal opinion. I remember when they launched it, it was great. They were like, Hey, if you do this, you'll get also like this money back for like ads. So it almost made good sense to do it. You're like, Oh, I'm going to do it. I don't lose certainly. And you get like this really cool banner in your shop. I don't know what they gave you. And then they were like, Oh, coming in 2019 or 2020. I don't know what year they told us. We're going to have more features. It was almost, it's almost like it's been forgotten about. That's my professional opinion or personal because they haven't really made, and I, I don't personally have it, but they haven't really made any updates with it. Um, based on the stockholders, is that what it's called? Stockholders meeting, shareholders, okay. meeting, shareholders yeah. meeting that they did during the time of that launch. It was essentially a program to help bring in reoccurring revenue for Etsy. Um, like everything else is right. You're trying to make money. And I think the focus was like, hey, how do we make sellers pay for something more? And again, it's business, so it's part of, you know, it's fine. But um, it was just forgotten about. And, and I'm not really sure why, but good rhythm, because I didn't do anything similar to pattern. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this and you have a pattern shop, I don't even know why. But nonetheless, they, they didn't really improve it. It just kind of was like, we launched it, it's great. But the team, engineering team, forgot about it. That's what I feel. Yeah. Nothing else has come of it. No benefits, nothing. So you don't personally use it yourself. I don't. Um, mm -hmm. and I've done, um, research with other sellers who have, uh, it took me a quiet bit of time to gather this data, but from what I understand, it does not help you in search. So that's, that's the answer to that. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't give you any kind of priority uh, for subscribing. Uh, my, yeah. only, my only thought would be potentially some of the features may allow your uh, shop to look a little more professional or optimize your shop a little bit more sure. visually speaking. Sure. But you know, if you want to do that, sure. You know? But you can also um, do some of that in Canva. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the way that you set up your shop is a little bit different, but nothing like, like, you know, earth shattering. Yeah. You know, um, I, uh, so if you want to do it, sure. Cause you actually don't lose out. I think they give you ad credit yeah. for using it, but, um, don't, don't set your, you know, do it in five minutes done, move on with your life. Don't even spend more time on it <laughs> if you want to do it, but otherwise don't. Okay. Uh, and last question, how does vacation mode affect your ranking? So, a lot of people will tell you, should I go on vacation? Will I lose ranking? And you'll have people commenting saying, I went on vacation. I came back after a week, didn't lose ranking. I'm, I'm killing it in sales. And then you'll have some people saying, I left for whatever amount of time, a week, whatever. And now I'm I'm dead, right? So you might say, what's the answer? Um, it will depend. So when you go on vacation, you can no longer sell. Your items are not available for sale. And of course, we know that the algorithm likes sales. So you sell the funny dad mug amongst other sellers who sell funny dad mugs and you decide to go on vacation. And so you used to sell, let's say five a day of this item, let's just say. Your competitors um, were selling around the same, but when you go on vacation, that listing quality starts to drop down by how much, what's the exact formula, I don't know, but that's what happens, okay? And so the, the longer, technically, the longer you're on vacation mode, you know, the more it you know, hurts your shop. Now, it doesn't mean and every day that you go on vacation, it will drop you a page. No, but, and again, I don't know the exact formula, but it will depend on your market. For example, if you go on vacation mode during holiday season, especially when you have a product that sells a lot during holiday season, you're really doing yourself a disservice. I'm not telling you not to take vacation during holidays. What I'm saying is in terms of business, because when you come back from vacation in January, all your competitors are light years kind of ahead of you mm -hmm. because they sold so much and the algorithm likes sales. Okay. You decide to disappear off the face of the earth during the highest converting time and, um, and a lot more sales. So, you know, it depends on the market you're in time of year and how long you go and really your competitors. Imagine for a moment, the funny dad mug example, during the time you want on vacation, for some reason, nobody's buying funny dad mugs, right? Nobody. Your competitors are at a standstill. So when you come back, nothing has changed, right? That's an extreme example. But when you come back, guess what? You'll probably be back where you started. It's all good. Right. Nothing ever works out that way, right? Your yeah. competitors probably <laughs> sold a little bit, but it has to be enough. You've had to gain enough listing quality to be able to hold your give or take, right? Position when you come back. And again, the longer you go away, the harder it becomes. Okay. You mentioned the listing quality score real quick. So I did have one more quick question for you. And this is actually yeah, a question please. that I have myself because I see so many people um, question it and, and talk about it, but let's talk about the listing quality score and how the, the clicking on the listing, right. And getting the views mm -hmm. and not converting all of that. Um, Inside of the actual handbook, it talks specifically about mm -hmm. Etsy search, right? So when I read that, I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. this is potentially only affected by people that are searching in Etsy, you know, find a listing, click on it, yada, yada. Is that the case? Or say I post my shop link into a group 
And I ask people to like look at it and a bunch of people are going and obviously they're not buying or say we do um, get a lot of clicks from like offsite ads or social media. What actually affects that listing quality score when it comes to the conversion? So in terms of listing quality score, you know, I, there's a few factors that um, will help it. And so it would be um, sales the biggest one, it will be engagement with your listing. And some people say hearts, I don't know how much that really weighs, you know, people favorite your listing, how much that really Mm -hmm. weighs into listing quality, but it's really, um, it's sales. It's, it's, um, views to impressions or impressions to views pretty much when some people see you in search, how many people are actually clicking through. Okay. So that your item is relevant and then it's views to sales. Okay. So, you know, and, and there might be a few more, but those are the biggest, the biggest factors. Um, there's um, something that Etsy's mentioned regarding reviews. Okay, I know we don't control that; we can't force people to give us reviews. We could create a create a great customer service experience, mm-hmm. um, a great product, packaging, all that stuff to make sure that we get great, great reviews, follow up with the customer, etc. Um, so that um, also helps. But um, those are the things that make up, you, you know, the listing quality score. Did I answer that question? Well, the question, was it I mean, that, that was question? a great answer in regards to the listing quality score, but my specific question is in regards to the actual conversion. So if they're giving you, um, if listing conversions give you a boost in search, like that helps your quality score mm-hmm. to have a good conversion. What is, is that conversion yeah. only based on Etsy search or does that also oh, pertain to yeah. social media coming in or you post your link into another group and somebody, a bunch of people click on it. Based on how I read the manual, it, it specifically mentions Etsy search. So how do so your link being everywhere else, yeah, so how does that I, affect um, your, your uh, conversion? Yeah, so throughout this podcast, I was very sure in a lot of things. And I told you like, this is it, this is the mm-hmm. answer, right? You know, long titles, et cetera. This one, I'm not 100% on. Okay. And so I lean toward, so Etsy, yes, article does say, um, Etsy search. You, you kind of read between the lines and go, is it mm-hmm. just about search? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and so while it leans toward that, I don't believe so. It's very hard for me to do testing on this due to, it, it's just hard. I can't, it's hard for me to articulate, but the testing I have done, you know, I couldn't 100% conclude it, but it was leaning toward that the listing quality does factor in as well you know, conversions that come outside of Etsy. Okay. Um, and, and, and just to kind of dumb it down for myself, even when I'm saying it out loud and for everybody, it's simply because you could have a listing today that you list and only share it to your social media following. Of course, do your titles and tags, do all that nice stuff, right? Get to social media following, following and they like swarm at it, right? And they're buying and you have a limited quantity. So you'll still keep having it listed. There's been proof that even with new listings that you just started, you know, showing to the world and just from your following outside of Etsy, go to Etsy and buy it, that it will boost you up in search. That has to account for something, right? And, and yeah. we'll stay there. And and then, so then to piggyback on that, you mentioned, what about putting your list in fa- listing in Facebook groups? First of all, don't do it. No, no other seller wants to buy your stuff. And you might be like, no, I have sellers buying my stuff. Yes, I know, but that's not your target <laughs> market. And, yeah. and the effort you're wasting to, for sellers compared to your real audience 
you're working harder, not smarter, right? So stop that foolishness. More importantly, even if you're going to argue with me that no people are buying it, they're not. Okay. Um, you'll see that the threads that say, share your link, share your link Wednesday, whatever they're saying. Um, you'll see many links, many links. Nobody's commenting. Nobody's even mm -hmm. clicking. Did you click on anybody's shop during that? Nobody's clicking. Okay. But if for some reason you get people's eyes on it and they're clicking, you are lowering your conversion rate. The conversion rate, if you look at your views, you'll see it. If you go to your item, your funny dad mug that you just listed today and you spammed it all over Facebook because your friends and family want to look at it, um, you'll you'll see that it will start to lower your conversion rate when you start to get sales. And I, I do believe it does it does lower your listing quality, even if you don't believe me, even if you're like, I don't know, Dahlia, right? No, but that That's was a good waste point of time, right there. You have plenty to do. Yeah, yeah. Noticing, we'll, we'll noticing the conversion rate going down is a good is a good point. Like to me, that would be enough uh, enough data or enough um, you know evidence to show that it should be something that we shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and and I said, and again, even if you don't believe me, what what, what is factual is you have much more high value stuff to work on in your shop instead of just posting links. Yeah. And you might be like, Dahlia, I don't, I don't have nothing else to work on. Then join my group. I have plenty for you to work on. Trust me. There's yeah. so much <laughs> things you could do to your listing. Taking photo, I mean, so much, okay, than just using that spare time you have to post links. Enough. Because you know you're not just posting links. You're going back to check if anybody commented. You're going, stop. It's a waste of time. <laughs> okay, to wrap things up quick, um, what would be just one piece of advice for um, a new seller or a struggling seller to really kind of get moving forward on this as far as learning SEO or yeah so there's a lot of I mean including myself I have a lot of free content out there that mm -hmm. helps you understand it because a lot of people that start selling online they don't understand SEO mm -hmm. all of us never understood it when we first started right you're not born out of the womb knowing it so you know my first piece of advice is just understanding buyers search needs when they start you know like keyword research understanding it in general I think this podcast will help understanding how to do work keyword research properly. I think it will put a light bulb moment on those sellers that do it because you just want to go willy nilly and just start typing in whatever you think this product is and just setting it out into the world. It's so important. It's, it's similar to having a product and just hiding it in the corner of your basement. Nobody's looking there, right? Yeah. Nobody's looking there. And if you want more people to look, do your keyword research properly. And again, you know, you're doing it right when you're probably cursing me out, right? Or like hating life and you're just like, yes. oh my God. And yes, I know that sounds exhausting. Like who wants to go through that? It is exhausting. But it gets easier, trust me. It, get, it gets easier, trust me, because anything, it gets easier. When I first yeah. started driving, it was like, oh, right, literally, I moved to Texas. But now mm -hmm. it's like, hey, right? I'm just like, so it'll get easier and you set your, you set your listing up for a great success, great foundation. And it's almost like for the most part, you do it once and it's done. So when you do something once and it's done, chances are it's going to be a lot of hard work. And that's one of your core, the right way the first time. core focuses inside of your SEO webinar course, correct? The keyword research is yes. one of the first parts. And mm -hmm. yes, it, it is. And, and of course, the way you apply it to your titles and tags, absolutely. There's three main sections, but there's a huge focus on it. And I can't emphasize it enough. If you don't find the right words, and you're missing opportunity for other buyers to find you, and those buyers could purchase from you. So yes. that's my advice. Thank you so much. And if you guys want some more wonderful trainings and resources from Dahlia, you can go to thehandmademastermind.com/seo. She has put together a special free resource for you guys. Um, she also has a free yeah. Facebook group called The Handmade Mastermind. 
Etsy and Amazon online seller tips. If you guys want to check that out. Uh, thank you so much, Dahlia, for coming today and talking with us about SEO and keyword research. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having me. Are you dreaming of making daily sales? Learn three steps that will help you attract more customers and make more sales for your handmade business at attractmoresellmore.com. That's attractmoresellmore.com.